Today's daf is Yud Beis. We are holding at the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Beis. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. A couple lines from the bottom. The case over here was an interesting case. A person said to his agent, said Isha Stam. So he went and said, go and marry for me a certain, a, 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 a woman, any woman. And he did not mention which particular woman and which particular place he should go to. And the fast forward, what happened was that the agent died, right? The girsa actually of uh, some is the mace. And uh, the agent died, and he did not notify the Meshaleach who the woman is that he uh, married off to the Meshaleach. So Reuven sent his agent, and now the question is, we didn't even hear if, if actually Ruv, if the agent actually even did the agency. So says Rabbi Yechanan, is that this Ruvain will not be able to marry any woman in the world right now. Why? Because first of all, there's a there is a presumption that a shliach performs the agency that he was sent to do. So we have to assume that the shliach did find a woman that he married off to Ruvain before the age of communication, and we don't know who that woman is. Now the problem is like this, when you marry a woman, you become usher in seven of her closest relatives. You become usher to the her mother, her maternal and paternal grandmothers, her daughter, her son's daughters, her daughter's daughters, and her sister. So you're also to all these women. Now the problem is that if you now want to marry another woman, you want to marry any other woman that you want to marry, it potentially could be one of these seven relatives that you are not allowed to uh, be married to because you don't know who the shliach married her off to. And they themselves, when I ask them, how would they know if their sister or their daughter or their mother was married off by the, the shliach? Therefore, she's also to... Uh, and since the, uh, the, the mishaleach Ruvain did not say specifically which woman he wanted from the agent. He doesn't know which one the agent married him off to. And therefore, we have here a situation where he's not allowed to marry any woman based on that they might be an erva to him because we don't know who the agent married him off to. So that is what Rabbi Yochanan rules. Rabbi Yochanan asked the question to Rabbi Yochanan, his brother-in-law. So what's the case over here? The case is as follows. A number of different uh, situations require a carbon of a pair of birds. It's called a, a, a cane. Now, a cane, you have to bring if a woman, uh, for, for a zav, for a zava, if is, she's a yoledis and she can't afford, uh, anything more. So you have to bring a pair of birds, okay? One of them is a chatas and one of them is an ola. Now, there's two different ways of doing this. You can identify the chatas and the ola to begin with. That's called a designated cane. That's a cane, mefurish. Um, you know which one is which. Or you can have a cane, cane sosum where you have the two birds, and at the time of when you're going to offer them, that's when you're identifying this one as the Ola and this one is the Chata. So you could have one of two ways of, 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 of having them designated. Now we're going to see it does make a difference. See, like, so what happens over here? So you designated these two birds and what happened was Shapircha Gozel Echad, one of the birds, one of the pigeons, um, escaped, uh, Olam to the, uh, into the world. 
right? Or it escaped into a, a, a nest or a pen that you were keeping. There's certain korbonas chatas that could be birds that if something happens, you have to let them die. You're not allowed to use them. There's no way to redeem them. And this bird went into the, among the other birds that are waiting to get to die. And you don't know which is the one that flew in. Or one of the two birds died. Now, in this case, where you did not designate one as your chatas, one as your ola, you left it undesignated. So they both have, they have to be used. One of them flew away. So now you don't know, you, you don't have to determine yet which one's the chatas, which is the ola. So therefore, yikach zuglasheni. You can take a partner for the second bird. And you can then say, this will be the chatas, this will be the ola, because you hadn't done it previously, so there's no harm, no foul. However, no pun intended. However, the ilu kein mefureshes, however, you can infer from this, now this line actually, some of them are point, we don't actually need this line, because it's not needed for the question that's going to be asked. If you did say, this is my chatas, this is my ola, and one of them flew away, and the Rishon will speak out over here, when you have two birds next to each other, I can identify which one was which. When one flies away, you don't have a comparison, I don't know which one flew away. Was the chatas, was it the ola? But here you can't just bring a second bird, because what are you going to make it? The chatas, you're going to make it ola, you can't, you don't know, because since you can't tell which was the chatas, which was the ola, because they're not two together, so then you're going to be stuck. So the ilu kanvreshes ain't lotakon. Fine, that's a side point. However, the point really, the question is really from the first situation. You can already ask the question: Is the bird that flew away? It was designated. Now, once a bird is designated for a certain individual, nobody else is allowed to use that bird for their own needs. Okay. So the first bird that flew away, where did it go? It went into the Avra Olam. Moving forward, why don't, why are we not concerned that any individual who wants to bring birds now, from the way they used to catch them from the wild and then, then bring them to the base of Migdash, any bird that's brought to the base of Migdash to be used by anybody, maybe it's the one that got away. And that's already pre-designated for the original purpose. It cannot be used again. So the chayro, you should now, for the next, let's say, two years, or whatever it is, the life of these birds, that you, that, that, that you can tell it's more than that years, you don't need it for the carbon. But, if, but within that range, nobody for that amount of time should be able to bring a, a carbon. Gilu came before Reshes, I'm sorry, Gilu Shakinun Shaba means everybody else is not problematic. The only issue is concerning this person. But everybody else can, can life goes on for them. Why aren't we concerned to the bird that got away? That, uh, that is, is, is the one that they're now using themselves. So, all the other nests in the world, there are no problem with those. You can bring with, uh, without any problems. Any individual who subsequently is going to need a bird and goes and buys a bird. Maybe that bird was captured and it happened to be the one that escaped from the first fellow. That's the one. So, Obviously, the reason for that is because we go with a rove. Majority, majority, halacha in the Torah is that we follow majority. So therefore, you don't have to assume that this one bird was the one punk that you got. You follow majority. Well, if that's true, asks Reish Lakish, then why don't we say over here too, is that majority of women are not going to be the sister, the mother, the daughter of the one that the shliach married you off to. So why are you also to all the women in the Olam? The same way as we're not worried about the bird that as the second fellow took was the one that escaped. We shouldn't be worried that the woman you want to marry now is the erva of uh, uh, the relative of the one that the shliach married you off to. So that's the question Rish Lakish asked on Rabbi Yechonon. So Amalei Rabbi Yechonon answered him, it's apples and oranges. It's not, you can't compare the two. 
Because there is the following nuance in the laws of Rov. We'll just give it the following example that we have in Seches Chulin to explain it, to, to speak it out better. Is that if you have on one street nine stores selling kosher and one store selling non-kosher and you walk down the street and in the middle of the street you find a piece of meat. The halacha is that the rove teaches you, the nine, you can assume it came from the nine kosher over the one non-kosher. That's the din, that's the regular din of rove. However, there is also a halacha, whether it's exeris a kosov, whether it's based on a svara, the, the, the Rav Shemin Shkop and Shar Yosher goes into it, we're not going to get into that right now, but the halacha is that if you walked, you knew in, in, in town, and you went down to the street, walked into a store, bought a piece of meat, thinking all the stores are kosher, and sometimes you know that one of the stores are non-kosher, and you don't remember which is the one you went into, in such a case, that's called kol kavua, that you bought it in the place of its origin, the place where it's normally sta- stationed or fixed. In such a case, we don't go with roe, we go with 50-50. Kol kavua, kemechza al-mechza, and you can't eat that piece of meat. Again, it's a swarat b'chalik, that's not the important piece. The point is that if, it's, if it was parished, if it left its place of origin, its place of, of station, and it's found in the street, then you can go with rove. If it's in the place of station, in the street, in, in, in the store, then you have to deal with it as a 50-50. Says Rabbi Yochanan, that's the difference. The girls are usually found in their homes, in the place of station. So the chances are the shliach married her in her home. In her home, you can't go with rove. You have to go with mechzal mechzal. That's why it's a problem in the case of the shliach with the agent. However, in the case of the uh, 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 of of the birds. Birds are wild. They go from one place to another. They never place stay in one station, and therefore there's no kavua over there. It's all naid. It's all moving. It's all parish, and therefore there you can follow the regular laws of rove. That's what Rabbi Yochanan wants to answer. So I'm a lay Rabbi Yochanan Kamina Ana Isha. My halacha that I'm discussing is the woman Deloy Naido, who does not generally move around from one place to the other. She's stationed in her home. But Amar Lee, and you're asking me a question of Isura denied from a situation where the prohibition is moves the birds that are the designated birds that are also to be used by someone else, but it's something that moves all the time. There you can go with the standard uh, law of, of rope. And even if you want to auction Zach, even if you want to say, well, there's chances are that this, this girl doesn't stay home 24 hours a day, that the Chorah may be the Shliach met her. We should be lenient to rely on the fact that he met her in the marketplace, he met her outside the house, which would mean that she's Purish from the, she's separating from the place of station. You still wouldn't look, look at that as a case of Purish Merubah. Because even if she temporarily leaves her place of station, she goes back to it. She, but that night she'll be back in her home. And even if it's out right now in the place, from the place of station, but if it goes back eventually to its place of station, it's still viewed as a Mechzach Mechzach. By the case of the bird, it won't go back to its place of station. It goes from one place to the other to the other. Therefore, it's always considered to be Nayid, always considered to be Parish Merubah, and therefore by the bird you can go by the rove, by the Isha you can. The Chitemach and Nami Nayid, by the case of the, of, of the girl, Nami, by the Isha also, should consider moving, because Eimer Vashukah, Eshkach, Vakadish, maybe the agent found her in the marketplace, and that's where he was Makadishur. Hasam Hadulat Nechusa, she goes back to her place of station, she goes back to the home, it, 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 even if she's out now temporarily, she will go back and therefore it's still considered uh, uh, a Mechza case, 50-50, you can't go by the road. By Gabe Kane, Mihadro, by the Kane, does it ever go back to its original place of station? No. These birds are wild. These birds, they get out, they fly away, they go from one place to the other to the other, and they're never considered to be a case of Mechza It's always considered to be a case of rope. 
Okay, comes along Rava and says that we have to actually throw a, um, a, 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 a reframe or at least uh, tweak Rabbi Yochanan's ruling. Because Rabbi Yochanan said you could never marry a girl, right, if you sent a shliach and you did not notif- and he did not notify you who you married or. He said, it depends. He said, Rabbi Yochanan, Yochan, Yochan will agree that what happens if you have a woman that you want to marry now and she does not have relatives? She does not have a daughter. She does not have a daughter's daughter. She does not have a son's daughter. Okay? Which means that you, you could, you, she would not be the mother or the grandmother of the shliach, whoever the shliach married, because she doesn't have a daughter or a granddaughter. And she doesn't have a mother. It means she can't be the daughter of the person of shliach because she doesn't have a mother. Or she does not have a grandmother. Now, even if it says aim, aim, before you speak out, it means aim, aim, or uh, aim, av. Also, doesn't have a paternal or a paternal uh, grandmother. No problem. And she has no sister. And therefore, under this circumstance where there would be no living relatives, so you have nothing to worry about, that Rabbi Yochanan would agree you can marry, irrespective of who the shliach married off, as long as the woman you're marrying has no relatives. However, Rabbi throws in a piece here which is going to be discussed. He says, Now let's say, the woman you want to marry now, okay, you sent the shliach and you want to marry a woman, and she had a sister. She does have a, she has a living sister. However, at the time of when you appointed the shliach, all right, the day you appointed the shliach, at that point in time, she was divorced. I mean, I'm sorry, at that point in time, she was married. She was an agency. She was married at that time, right? So he says, even if subsequent to the agency, the appointment of the agency, she later became divorced, it says, she would be mutter for you to marry right now. Aye, why is that? If she got divorced, let's say you, the, 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 the 10th of March, you went and made the agent, okay? 15th of March, she got divorced. Agent died on the uh, 10th of April. So there's time from March to April that he could have married her off to the divorced wife. Why is it not something you worry about? Tahi Sharia would still be permissible. Why? My time, what's the reason? So Gemara assumes the reason is as follows. Because since at the point in time when you were making the agent, she was married... It's not within your mindset, it's not within your purview to tell the agent to marry someone who at the moment you're making him an agent is not accessible to you. It's not in your mindset. Because you know at this point, you know she's going to get divorced later. Right now she's, she's married. So you didn't have her in mind when you said, go marry me a girl. That wasn't one of the girls you included in the, because you didn't think that you could, that you'd be able to marry her because she was married. So even if she subsequently got divorced, he would not be allowed to marry her off to you because he doesn't have the power to do it. Because the one assumes it's only what's in your mindset at the time of the agency is what he is allowed to fulfill in terms of being an agent. So my time, the Bahish because at that time, to Ka'a when you said to him, you should be my agent, go find me a wife, she was married to a person. So Kimash Fishliach, and when you make him an agent, the Mills of the Kamekame, only what is available to you at that point in time did you have in mind to empower him. But you did not have in, time, in, in, in mind at that time, you did not have in mind to appoint him to be a shliach. So it's, it's a, it's, 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 it's the one is assuming now, it's based on a person's mindset. You can only, you only are empowered on what he is empowering you to do. And he did not have in mind to empower you to marry off a woman, married woman. Ah, now she's not married anymore. Doesn't matter. So now, 
This is going to be the key piece that we're going to be focusing on right now. Rava, we understand Rava's first part. And if, if it's a woman that has no relatives, then you can marry her because there's no erva. Even if the agent married her off to someone, it wouldn't be a problem with this woman because she's not an erva to anybody he might have married her off to because she has no living relatives. But even if there is a living relative, and, at, and, and that living relative, the sister, could be any one of them, by the way. But the point is that at this point in time, she is not, even though she's not married, and she would be accessible to the agent before he died, but at the time you made him an agent, at the moment of the agency, she was married, he did not have in mind, the Mishaleach did not have in mind, that the agent should marry uh, her, uh, him to, the, to, to, to that lady, because she was married at the time, therefore, even if subsequently she becomes divorced, he cannot go ahead and do that. That's the idea. So, Frek the Gemara circles back, what does it have to do with Nazir? We had a case in Masechah's Nazir, Gavaldiga Kasha. We had over here, a person made two statements. He says, I'm accepting myself in Nazirus, Ruvain. I'm accept- Ruvain said, I'm accepting myself in Nazirus, and I'm also going to find a good deed for the day. I'm going to pay for somebody else's korbanas for their Nazirus. His neighbor, Shimon, hears him, says, Gavaldig idea. I accept myself in Nazirus, and I also am going to go ahead and pay for somebody else's Nazirus. Says the Tana of the Mishnah, if they are smart, then what they can do is save themselves from having to pay twice. Each one pays for the other one's Nazirus. Reuben pays for Shimon, Shimon pays for Reuben. They are fulfilling their own Nazirus and they're paying for somebody else. This way they only have to pay once, they don't have to pay twice. That's what the Mishnah said. Frek the Gemara Gavaldik. says like this, I understand number two, Shimon, number two, when he says that I am going to be a Nazir and I'm going to pay for someone else. At the moment he made that declaration, I'm going to pay for someone else, Reuben already was, number one already was, a, an, a nausea. So he could have him in mind to pay for him because it's within the purview of what he's thinking about. I'll pay for someone else. Anybody that's a nausea right now, I'll pay for because Ruvain is a nausea right now. But when Ruvain made the statement, I'm going to become a nausea and I'm going to pay for someone else. At that point in time, Shimon was not a nausea. Shimon only became a nausea later. So how can he then subsequently fulfill his obligation by paying off Shimon for Shimon's Nazirus, if Shimon wasn't a Nazir at the time, if you're telling me when a person makes a declaration, whether it be by form of agency, whether by any form of obligation or, 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 or he, he, he transacts something, he makes a statement, he only includes what's available for him at that time, not what might subsequently become available. So in the same way as you want to tell me, therefore, if a woman was married, and even though she got divorced later, the agent wouldn't be allowed to marry her off to the Mishaleah because he did not have it in mind because at the moment he said it, it wasn't available, then the same thing should apply. That how can Ruvain pay for Shimon's Nazirus at the time he made that statement, Shimon wasn't a Nazir yet, he shouldn't be able to fulfill his obligation because he didn't have it in mind, it wasn't in his purview. Frank the Gemara like this. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, I'm accepting two things, I'm going to be a Nazir and I'm going to pay for a Nazir. And his friend heard him and said, I also am going to be a nozer, and I also am going to pay for a nozer, like you said. So, if they're smart, each one can do it for the other, saving themselves a set of of of, of korbanis. If they're not smart, then they have to do it for themselves and for somebody else. Now, Bishlam and Basra, this is the question. I understand number two, the first guy was a nozer before he was, so he could be intending to pay for the first guy's nozeros because the first guy was already a nozer. But when the first guy made the statement, when 
when he declared, I'm going to be a Nazar and pay for somebody else in the Zerus, Shimon wasn't a Nazar yet. There wasn't a, the Nazar in front of him. Shimon wasn't in front of him as a Nazar yet. So how could his declaration count? What you have to be saying is that when you make a declaration, I'm going to pay for a Nazar, it doesn't have to be someone who's a Nazar right now. It means at the time when I want to pay, whoever then will be a Nazar, that's who I will pay for. If I find someone who at the time I want to pay is a Nazar, it doesn't have to be right now he's a Nazar. When I want to pay for it, if he's a Nazar, I'm going to pay for his sacrifices to have it to let him to shave. So hachanami, that's what a declaration can mean, not only for what's now, for the future. So Rabbi Yechanan say the same thing. Hachigamale, the declaration that he makes to the agent, I want you to marry me, to find a wife for me. It doesn't have to be a wife that's ready to be married right now, but should mean anybody at the time you marry, that she should be available to me. If you find that she would be divorced, even if she's married right now, but she's divorced then, Kanishli it should be, so therefore it should still be a concern. So why is Rabbi Yochanan, why is Rabbi saying it's not a concern, because at the time of the agency, she was married. You see, from the declaration by Nazar, it doesn't have to be, the declaration doesn't have to be based on what's now. It's based on the time when you need it. Is it available? So B'nai Yeshiva answered like this, is that actually we can reinstate Rava, and we didn't explain Rava correctly. Rava is not based on what my mindset is at the time I make a declaration or obligation. What Rava is talking about specifically concerning the laws of agency. This is a very important yesod. It's going to say, declaration, you can say, yes, I'm accepting myself to be a Nazir, whoever will be a Nazir at the time, it doesn't have to be a Nazir right now, that's true, and that explains the case of the Mishnah by Nazir. But what the case of agency is, I can only, says the Pshad over here, it's not what's in my mindset, it's in the mechanics of agency. I can only empower someone to be an agent for me if at the time I'm empowering him, I could do it myself. Now, if this woman was married at the time I made him an agent, I couldn't marry her. If I couldn't marry at that time, I can't empower him, even later on, to marry her to me, even if she gets divorced later on, because at the time of the agency, I couldn't do it. An agent can only have the strength of what the person empowering him had at that time. It's a chiddush, because they could say is, well, later on the guy could marry her, So, but no, but it's based on the time of the agency. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva answered, a person cannot appoint an agent only by something that the moment of the agency the agent the Mishaleah could uh, could 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 uh, perform himself but the Mishaleah could not perform it himself then he cannot he's not able to give that koach over to the agent so now it makes sense because if she he, at the time of the agency was, was, was set up she was married even if subsequently got divorced you don't have the koach. It's not because it wasn't in my purview. It's not in my ability to be able to give over for you to do something that I couldn't do at the time myself. That's the yesod that we're saying now. And now the Gemara is going to question whether that yesod is true or not. So, Frag the Gemara of Eloi, is that true? Meaning, are you, maybe it's not like me. Gemara is going to see, try to bring a proof that we're going to see that, that even by agency, it doesn't, as long as, if later on, something can become available, then the guy who is the Mishaleach could do it then, then the, then the agent should be able to do it then. It doesn't go critic, the critical point necessarily at the time of the agency. The agency extends, and therefore, if it extends to a point in time that now is available, and now the Mishaleach could do it, then now the Shaleach could do it too. But is that not possible, is it not possible for Shaleach to do something if at the time of the Agency appointment, it wasn't available. Frank the Gemara, the following. Toshima, come and listen.
If someone tells his uh, trustee, his executor, somebody's taking care of his home for him, right? He says like this, I'm about to leave for a business trip. I'm going away for a month to China. Any nether that my wife will make, from now until, from the time I leave until I return. So when you hear it, I'm giving you the power to revoke for, on, on my behalf, you can revoke her nedarim. The hey for law, and he tried to revoke it. So and you might think it should work, it should be revoked. Comes along the Torah and his redundant post that we had this before, Talmud Leimar. Isha, with a mapike, her husband, Yekemeno, the husband's the only one who can affirm, the Isha, Yefereno, and her husband shall revoke. Divrei Rabbi Yoshio. So Rabbi Yoshio says that there's Xeris Akosiv that says that agency does not work here. It has to be the husband, and therefore you cannot, rev- uh, the custodian, the trustee cannot revoke on behalf of the husband. Rabbi Yonason disagrees. He says, Therefore, even though it says her husband will revoke and her husband will affirm, doesn't matter. An agent is like the husband himself and therefore the husband, the agent is empowered to go ahead and do it himself. So we have here Machlokas, Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonason. Rabbi Yoshia says the laws of agency don't apply, therefore cannot be revoked by the agent and Rabbi Yonason says it does. Now, from Rabbi Yainasin, now the Gemara now is going to prove step B. The Gemara is going to show that the Chachamim Shita is that if I try and revoke my wife's Nadarim for the future, I, the principal, the husband, can't revoke for the future. So the obvious question is going to be that if you can't yourself revoke for the future, how can you empower the agent to go ahead and do it? Elamai, if you are able to say, Rabbi Yainasin, for sure it's a kasha. Rabbi Yainasin says that you can allow the agent to do it on your behalf, even though the, according to Rachamim, you cannot do it yourself, you see that the principle we're trying to set forth in Rabbi is incorrect. Rabbi's whole word is that the shliach can't divorce, marry you off to a divorced woman because she was mad at the time of the agency, therefore you couldn't do it yourself, so later on, the agent can't do it for you, even though later on she's divorced. We see not like that, because we see at the time of the agency, you could not be made for a future nadarim of the wife. And yet the agent's able to go ahead, he has empowered to go ahead and do it. So you see that even if it's something that the critical point is not at the time. The critical point is totally at the time he wants to do it, not at the time you made him an agent. So therefore, so in Rabbi Yosin, Yonison, Tysus points out, it's for sure a kasha. He was asking even Rabbi Yosin, we'll make a kasha according to both of them. Rabbi Yosin just said the problem is that there's no din agency over here because they have exerus a cost of Isha, Yifarena, Isha, Yikimeno. It's mashma though that if there was a din of agency, you didn't have that exerus a cost. So you could have appointed the agent to do it. Same problem. How could you appoint an agent to do something that you yourself weren't able to do at the time? So more is like this time and Amrachmona, you see a contrab Yoshio, the only reason you can't make him the agent to do it because the post says Isha Gimanishia Forena. Halavahi wouldn't for that Xerus Akosov Apatropas made for the agent that custodian could revoke, even though you at the time of the agency were not able to do it. Right? And where do we see that you couldn't do it? Concerning the husband himself. Here we go. The first case is that any Nadorim that you make from now until I get back from China, I'm affirming. 
So you, that doesn't work at all. And they, this, there's going to be divrei akol. Everyone agrees it doesn't work. There's no machlokas on this. Because the standard, uh, mindset is a person doesn't want his wife to have nadarim. So she might make an editor that, what do you, you don't even know what nadarim she's going to make. How can you affirm things you don't even know what she's going to make? So for sure, for the future to affirm, you can't affirm according to everyone. So Arehele Mufarin, the, uh, I'm sorry, Luamar Klum, that's garnish. You cannot affirm for the future if you don't know what the netter is, Bechlau, because most people don't want their wives to have Nadorin. Harein Mufarin, what about if you said, no, I don't want my wife to have Nadorin. I'm made for, for the future. Any Nadorin you make, I'm telling you now, are gonna be automatically Mufar when you make them. So Rablazer, I am a Mufar. Rablazer says, now Rablazer disagrees. He says you could make uh, may for an adorim for the future. Chachamim oimrim ain't mufer. Chachamim say you cannot pay for it. And we're asking now from the Chachamim. Why are we asking from the Chachamim? So the Rosh explains that uh, that the Chorah, if you're making an agent to do it for you, obviously it seems to be going with a sheet, and the word's going to point this out, that you can't do it yourself. If you couldn't do it yourself, what do I need the agent for? So we're going in the Chachamim sheet that you couldn't do it yourself, and that's why you're asking the agent to go ahead and do it for you. That would be the simple understanding. So in the Chachamim sheet that you can't do it yourself, you're making the agent. Ah, according to Rabbi Yonison, how can you make the agent do it? And even according to Rabbi Yoshio, it says the only reason it doesn't work is because it gets cut, otherwise it would work. Ah, you couldn't do it yourself. The initial understanding of the Gemara is that the husband can't do it himself. Right? And according to Yosin, Yosin, the Apotropos the, the, uh, could do it. And according to Yoshia, the only reason it doesn't work is if it wasn't for the fact that Torah said the agent Apotropos would have been able to do it. I, at the time of the agency, the husband wasn't able to do it. So you see that even though I can't do it myself, I can make an agent to do it for me even though I can't do it at the time I made you the agent. So Moore says that, yes, Moore backtracks and says, no. Maybe according to Rachamim, Rob will tell you, you that, that whole, you can't do it yourself, for sure you cannot make an apotropos to do it. So why is there a case of apotropos? It's going to the sheet of the Rav Leezer. Rav Leezer holds that you could do it yourself, Therefore, you could empower an agent to go ahead and do it in the Shita of Rabbi Yoshia. In the Sin of Rabbi Yoshia, you should have been able to if it wasn't for the Xeris HaKosim. It's going in the Shita of Rabbi The Amr Matimefer that holds that you are able, the husband could do it himself in the, for the future. Right. So, Iyachi, the question, the Rosh pointed out, well, if you could do it yourself, then why do you need to have the Apotropos do it for you? Just go ahead and do it yourself. So they lay for Allah, Ihu, let him do it himself. So let's speak it out. So what I was going to say is that technically you could do it in for the future. But the person wants to do it, not, he doesn't want to give it over before he leaves. So right before he leaves, he wants to make this declaration. But he also wants to make sure that the wife is aware of it. You don't want to be made for in the darn for the wife without her knowing. You want to do it in front of her. He's afraid that if right before he leaves... He's going to be too busy, or he might be angry, or he might be pressured, and he does not have a chance to do it in front of her. That's why he could do it himself, but he wants to do it in front of her. That's why he gets the agent to go ahead and do it, to make sure it's going to be done in front of her. So, maybe either right before he'll forget, or he'll become angry, or he'll be too busy to be stressed, 
And that's why he gets the agent. So therefore, now you have no kasha. Because yes, he could have done it himself. That's why he can get the agent to go ahead and do it. But according to Rachel, he can't do it himself. He wouldn't be able to get the agent. And therefore, Rava is reinstated. That bottom line is Rabbi Yochanan, who said you can't marry any woman if you sent an agent. We don't know who it is. If there's no surviving relatives for a woman you want to marry, you could do it. And even if there's a surviving relative, but she was married at the time of the agency, and now even though she's not married right now, you don't have to worry about it too, because the shliach does not imp- is not empowered to to marry her off to someone that the mashalech couldn't have done at the time that he did it. Let's go to the next Mishnah. Zog dey lega Mishnah. Person said that I want to uh, 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 pay for shaving half a nozir. Shamach hadeir of his friend heard. Says vaani. I also want to pay for the shaving of half a nozer. Each person, the first guy and the second guy, have to pay for a complete nozer. Rav Meir says there's no such thing as a half a nozer. So when you say half a nozer, you have to pay for a full nozer. That's the simplest understanding. We'll see. Rabbi Meir, and therefore you have to pay for the full amount. They said, no. Each one only has to pay for the sacrifices of half a nazir. He has to pay half the sacrifices. The first guy, second guy also only has a requirement to pay for half the sacrifices of a nazir. Now, what exactly is the Machlokas? Comes along, Rav, and explains. Amar Rav. Hakal Maidim, everybody agrees. That if the person was very clear, he said, I'm accepting half of the carbonus. Financially, I'll pay for half the carbonus of a nazir. So then, he only has to bring half the carbonus. He does not have to pay more than that because he said, I'm paying, I'm financially requiring to pay half the carbonus of a nazir. On the other hand, carbonus chatzin nazir alai, if he said, I want to pay for the carbonus of a chatzin nazir, there's no such thing as a chatzin nazir, and we roll it up. So if you said carbonus of a chatzin nazir, kula carbon by ituya, you have to pay for the carbonus of a full nazir. So there's no argument in those two declarations. If you say I want to pay for half the carbonus of a nazir, you pay half. If you say carbonus for half a nazir, you pay full, because there's no such thing as a half a nazir. My time, what's the reason? There's no such thing as a half a nazirus, a half a nazir. You have to pay the full amount. If you said I'm going to pay all the carbonus of half a nazir, you have to pay all the carbonates of a full nazir. Fine. So what's the machlokas then between Rabbi and the Chacham and our Mishnah? So keep ligi belishna the masnisim ligi. The argument is the lashon in our Mishnah. What did it say in our Mishnah? It said hare alai legaleach chazi nazir. So now Rabbi Meir takes this as a as two separate statements. Hare alai legaleach. It's becoming to me to provide for giluach for the shaving. Now that implies I'm going to pay for the full shaving. That's the first statement. The second half of the statement is that I'm going to be half a nazir. Now, Rab Meir, even though there's no such thing as half a nazir, and even though you say, well, what he meant was I'm going to only pay half, he views this as two contradictory statements. Because the first half of the statement, is mashma, I'm going to pay for the full amount. For a chatzin nazir, even if what he means is I'm only going to pay half amount, the second half is contradicting the first half. Ramer's sheet is when you have two contradictory statements in a statement, we only focus on the first half. 
We don't look at the second half of the statement. And therefore, you have to pay for the full amount. That's Rabbi Meir Shita. The Chachamim disagree. The Chachamim say you have to look at the whole statement. And since even if the first half of the statement meant full, it's retracted by the second half. However, I don't want to pay full. I want to pay only half. And therefore, this guy only is required to pay half and not full. That's the Machlokas. How to understand the Rabbi Meir and the Chacham. That's the Machlokas in the Mishnah. Let's read it inside. So it says like this. <coughs> so what are they arguing about? Specifically in the Lashon that's used in our Mishnah. Rab Meir Savar came into Amah Harei When he said Harei Alai, that's Yichayi V'kulikar Baruch Nazirus. That automatically means you have to pay full Nazirus. Then even when he said Chatsi Nazir, it means Chatsi Nazirus. I want to pay for half of the Nazirus. That's Lav Kol Kamin. It's not within his power to do that. He cannot, we cannot contradict what he said in the first half of the statement. When therefore we focus on the first half, we don't focus on the second half, and therefore he has to pay for a full Nazirus. But in Savri, that no, we look at the whole statement. And therefore it's Neder, it's a Neder with its opening, with its explanation. That Hare Allah, only Chatsi Nazirus, and therefore I only have to pay half. That's the Machlokas Rameh and the Chachavim. Gentlemen, have a good day.